today on Ag News Daily. You start and it was like that. I remember that first night when I posted and I was like, the next day it was like, oh my gosh, I have 15 downloads. And then I was like, oh my gosh, five of them were my dad. <laughs> and, you know. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and happy Friday here on the Ag News Daily Podcast. Selene Howell joined by Ashton Carr. And Ashton, I have an interesting piece of Friday news to kick us off with. Are you ready for this? I am ready. It's a new product called the cow toilet, which sounds made up or sounds like some sort of gag gift, but it is in fact a real new product that has been invented and marketed by a company out of the Netherlands. That is what it sounds like, a toilet for cows. They're focusing here primarily on commercial dairy operations, but essentially when a cow enters the cubicle and enjoys feed, the cow toilet rubs against their ligament of their udder, which simulates a natural nerve reflex that causes them to urinate. It's very bizarre. I wish that we had our cameras on right now on Zoom so you could have seen my face when you were making that announcement because it sounds extremely strange. It is. I agree. I don't know. I know we have a lot of dairy producers that listen to us, so maybe they can shoot us a note on social media at Ag News Daily and fill us in on why something like this would be needed. I mean, aside from obviously not maybe having to clean the whatever facilities they were in as often or separate manure and urine so that you could do a better job with like fertilizing it or using it as fertilizer. But aside from that, I'm not really sure I understand the full benefits of this new cow toilet, but it's certainly interesting. Yeah, I'm wanting to know where this idea came from, why they think it's a need, but I don't know. I think it's uh, pretty interesting there. It kind of reminds me of, you know, how when newborn cats are born, how they can't use the restroom by themselves. So they need a little bit of help from the mother. That's what it reminds me of in my head. And I don't think that the cows going through this system really need any help going to the bathroom at this point. Yeah, I don't know. It's certainly interesting. And like I said, it's a Netherlands-based company. So obviously the EU has a little bit of different standards when it comes to environmental aspects, animal husbandry aspects. So that might be a part of why this product has launched over there first. But I'm, I'd be curious if any of our dairy producers listening would use something like this, because, you know, we've also talked about things like basically a Fitbit for cattle. So there's certainly a lot of interesting things coming to the marketplace. There certainly is Delaney, but not talking about any new products here, but talking about a new development in African swine fever, because we've seen here within the past few hours, actually a case of African swine fever being reported from Italy. Now this case is in wild boar, but it's the first case that we have seen come out of Italy. And we've seen from an agency over there say that the case was detected after tests on a carcass of a wild boar in the northern region or the northern Piedmont region of Italy. And that's basically all the information that we have at the moment over there. You know, the uh, research body that did report or carry out these tests had closed, so they didn't have any 
confirmation after they did close the business for, you know, the weekend here. So maybe we can have a little bit better of a discussion on Monday after we have some more news roll out of this, but it kind of raises the question in my head, Delaney, on why they decided to test this carcass of this wild boar. You know, we have a ton of wild boar here in the U.S. I suspect that, you know, we have a similar situation, you know, across the pond because all the cases that we really have been seeing over in Europe have been in wild boar. So it makes me wonder why they tested this one in particular or how they make that kind of decision. Mm. That's a good question. I certainly don't have the answer to it, but definitely one to ponder here. And, you know, while we're talking about the hog industry, Ashton, most of us knew from the podcast that we've been discussing here pretty frequently that Proposition 12 was intended to go into effect in California on January 1st, which is, of course, a law affecting the way that pork production methods and other livestock are able to sell their products in California. Well, the California Department of Agriculture and Food has not released a final ruling on the law's requirements. So we're still a little bit at question there as to how we are even supposed to abide by these guidelines. But we also got some fresh news today from Senator Chuck Grassley, who has put his foot down. He said that today on Friday, the Supreme Court is going to decide is going to meet and decide whether to hear a case of the NPPC and American Farm Bureau versus Ross et al., which affects farmers, obviously, in multiple states, but especially here in the state of Iowa, since we are the nation's largest hog-producing state. But, of course, this Prop 12 also impacts other industries, including chickens slash broiler industries, and a little bit I believe on the beef side as well, not that we have a ton of confinement necessarily raised cattle here, but you know, it's interesting. Grassley says that he doesn't really understand why California is so upset about this because he said he's baffled that the golden state should have any say whatsoever in how Iowa hog producers raise their hogs. So he's certainly been very vocal here over the past couple of days about this. And we should hopefully hear some news from the Supreme Court later this afternoon as to whether or not they will take that lawsuit up at the highest court we can possibly see justice served here in the United States. Well, Delaney, I, for one, am excited to see how this really unfolds here, because, of course, this has been a large topic of conversation, you know, through the past you know, year or so. But I'm going to move things over to Japan as we are seeing some supply chain issues continue on. McDonald's holdings company Japan said in a statement today that the impact of flood damage on the port of Vancouver and other disruptions since last year would delay an expected shipment of potatoes from North America. So this is going to impact McDonald's because fries for the next month or so after the fast food chain said it was limiting portions due to shipping problems. So they are cutting down on how many fries they're putting in packages and that kind of stuff. But I I just thought it was interesting because we have been seeing so many supply chain issues. And I think this is really the first thing that we've seen when it comes to fast food, you know, changes that are being made. I mean, I was going through Whataburger the other day and they 
were out of French fries. They were out of onion rings. They were out of ketchup and a couple of other different things. They were out of even hamburger patties. So I just think that some of our supply chain issues that we're seeing are really taking a hit to, you know, industries really across the globe here. Yeah, and industries probably you wouldn't think about from a supply chain standpoint. I mean, we think about them probably from a labor standpoint, but that's certainly what did you end up ordering? Because I feel like all the things you listed are basically the entire menu at that point. I know I ended up just having a patty melt. So it comes on Texas toast rather than a bun, but that's all I had. I didn't have a side or anything. And, you know, I, you have to kind of be understanding in that moment because there's nothing that they can do about it. It's just the supply chain that's broken right now. Yeah, absolutely. Ashton. Well, I have just one other quick piece of news here before we hop over into the markets, and that's the 2021 land report, which you can find the 2021 land report. It is compiled every year by the Land Report magazine, which looks basically at landowners who are located in the United States who own at least 243 square miles. And it's certainly interesting just to look through these numbers and see who the major landowners are. But it's also interesting to look at, you know, the boom we saw here over the past year of more people having dollars to spend. You know, these companies aren't necessarily ag-related companies. Some of them are private holding companies, commercial companies, etc. But in 2020, the number 100 slot for the report showed that it was owned by Maine Timberland, which had 75,000 acres in 2020. Then in 2021, to even get into the top 100, that bottom number doubled in comparison, which was pegged at 156,000 acres. That came in number 100. So it's certainly interesting, I think, to look at really where things have changed uh, 2020 versus 2021. And in 2021, the largest landowner clocking in at number one was California's Emerson family, who are owners of the Sierra Pacific Industries. And they clocked in at more than 2.33 million acres, which is a lot of land. It certainly is Delaney, but I've got to say news was a little bit dry today. So I'm ready to see where the markets landed because I'm all out of stories to talk about. Well, you know, it's ironic that you say the markets or that you say the news was dry today because markets are continuing to trade on the news that there is dry weather down in South America. And as we reported yesterday on the podcast here in the United States as well, because we did see really a timely rain happen ahead of this latest major snowstorm that caused a lot of ground uh, freezing and hardening. But really, I was looking at some news today that was discussing the fact that we really only had one major rainfall event heading into that frozen season when obviously the ground is not going to absorb really any more moisture until things begin to thaw back out this spring. So certainly subsoil moisture is still pretty questionable here heading into the 2022 growing season. And I know that's something we're going to hopefully talk about next week on the podcast with maybe Eric Snodgrass or our good friend, Ed Valley, when we chat weather. But in the meantime, like I mentioned here, we're continuing to watch markets trade the dry weather forecasts going on in South America. 
Today, March corn closed up three cents, ending at 6.06 and three quarters. The DEES 22 contract up three and a half cents, closing at 5.57 and three quarters. In the soybean pits, the March contract today added 23 cents, closing at 14.10 and a quarter. Nove 22 soybeans up 15 and a quarter, closing at 13.21 and three quarters. Hopping over to take a look at wheat today, they were pulled right along with corn and soybeans to end 12 and a half cents higher in the Chicago March contract at 758 and a half. The May up 10 and three quarters cents, closing at 760 and a half. As we jump over here to check out the livestock markets for today, we certainly saw some mixed trade as February live cattle closed two cents lower to end at 137.32 and a half. The April down 40 cents, closing at a buck 42.05. And in the feeder cattle markets, that weakness continued. But as I mentioned, we did see mixed trade there. As you look further out into the June, August, and uh, elsewhere in live cattle, that's where we start to see a little bit more strength today. But in feeder cattle today, we saw mostly weakness as the March contract shed 60 cents, closing at 166.67 and a half. The April down 20 cents, closing at 170.87 and a half. And lastly, lean hogs here also showed weakness today as the February contract shed 330, closing at 79.65. The April down 89. Excuse me, the April down $1.92 and a half, closing at $87.35. Lastly, wrapping things up here with the class three dairy milk futures. February today down 24 cents, closing at $21.43. The March down, excuse me, the March up 14 cents, closing at $21.19. Ashton, without further ado, fill us in on who we're chatting with for today's interview. Today, we are talking about casual cattle conversations with that podcast host, Shay Keister. Well, today we are having a conversation with a fellow podcaster, Shay Keister of Casual Cattle Conversations. Shay, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me today. You know what, Ashton? It's great to be on your show, um, be with another ag podcaster. I love connecting and I love connecting with the people of ag. So I'm excited to be on here today. Well, Shay, I am very excited to not only learn a little bit more about you and what made you want to go into the world of podcasting, because it's kind of a tough one to tackle, but also a little bit more about casual cattle conversations. But before we dive into that, I want to know a little bit more about your background. So can you enlighten me? Well, my background, um, it's its ranching. Ranching is in my roots. So I am from Steele, North Dakota, and I grew up on my family's ranch where we raise registered Red Angus cattle and um, as well as some commercial cattle. I run some commercial ones with my grandfather. So I've seen all aspects of that. And it's just something I've really grown to be passionate about. Um, FFA, 4-H, you know, all those leadership activities in high school just grew that passion. Um, the Junior Red Angus Association, all of those things really tied together and helped me find my passion for cattle and ranching. And from there, I went to college and I decided to go to college in Nebraska. I wanted to leave the state, do something different. And, um, in Nebraska, so my major is animal science, but my minors are the Angler Agribusiness Entrepreneurship Program. So that was founded by Paul Angler. And then my, my other minor is also Nebraska Beef Industry Scholars. So 
as a freshman in college, when I got there, I knew I was passionate about ranching and I've just always felt called to help ranchers in another way and learning. I'm education and learning. I, I can kind of nerd out about all of those things. So with that, with the help of these programs I'm in, the professors um, and ment- fellow mentors, it really came to the conclusion that, you know, I wanted to start a podcast and it was going to be about ranching and I was going to help educate and empower ranchers to build more profitable operations and live healthier lifestyles. So that's really how that all kind of started. I know you're talking more about my background, but it all kind of ties together, Ashton. Oh, I absolutely love it when you can combine kind of two passions that you have. And I loved hearing a little bit more about your story and really how casual cattle casual cattle conversations came to be, but I want to talk a little bit more about your experience thus far. Has it all been what you thought it would be? You know, I think you ask any podcaster and, uh, it's, it's a tough road. Um, you start and it was like that. I remember that first night when I posted and I was like, the next day it was like, Oh my gosh, I have 15 downloads. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, five of them were my dad and, (laughs) you know, like thing. And then it was like, Oh, and family friends, but then it continues to grow. And now it's like, I'll publish an episode and it's getting a hundred downloads within the first three hours type of deal. And it just continues to grow. And I started, you know, a lot more on the education side, but as I've grown as a podcaster, business owner, and become more involved on the ranching space too, things shift and things change. I, I'm not someone who's ever going to leave my business in a position that's stuck. I want to shift with the industry and really serve the needs of ranchers wherever that's going. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. So I really love collaborative learning. So that's why I've shifted into my rancher mind events. So I still have the podcast, but now I have these mastermind events for ranchers to come and engage and meet at outside of the podcast because it's important that to have these podcasts for people to learn and maybe find a new mentor to reach out with, but nothing replaces visiting with a fellow rancher to learn from the experiences of someone else, because that's how we learn best. We learn best doing it ourselves, but if we can't, the next best option a lot of times is to learn from others who have done it. So it's not exactly what I thought it was going to be, but I love where it's going and I'm excited for this next year and five years, 10 years. And I think that you should be excited because you have a couple of Rancher Mind events coming up here in, you know, early 2022. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about these events, what you can anticipate if you attend these and maybe some of the dates that you have lined up here in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. A Rancher Mind is a mastermind for ranchers and a mastermind is like a meeting of the minds. This is something I've experienced outside of the ranching space, kind of in the digital marketing, um, social media marketing space. I've been a part of masterminds where if I had a question about marketing on social media, I could ask it to other people who are more experienced. And then if they had a question, say about podcasting, I could help them. But I got so much value out of these events and left so inspired, had fun, just enjoyed it. But left with actionable items that I can go do, I can, you know, make those changes right away that I wanted to bring that to the ranching community because I've never really seen it done before. 
And I was excited about it and figured, hey, I'll try it. So I started it in December. So it's only been just over a month where I had my first one. But what happens is ranchers can register on my website, casualcattleconversations.com, or shoot me an email or Facebook message, but we can talk about that later. But when you get on this rancher mind, when you register, you register with a question. And that question could be anything from, does garlic and mineral actually help with fly control? You know, what is your ranch doing to tackle the labor challenges? Or we've had a big industry question like, what's a big disruptor in the ag industry that we need to be aware of? So it's a free for all for people to ask any question. Um, I am planning on having some that are more topic focused. So I'll do some that are focused on reproduction and nutrition or maybe genetics. But for the most part, it's just a free for all for people to come and connect and ask any question they want and need help with. So we do that. And so there was the labor question. Well, then someone else answered, hey, we use this app or this is how we handle finding a hired hand. Everyone left that event with a solution that they could go try. So that's kind of what to expect from a rancher mind. It's just a conversation. They're fun, low stress. You might not know everybody right away, but by the end of the hour, you're having fun and you feel like you know them because you've learned about each other. You've helped each other. And, you know, we can succeed quicker and faster by helping others succeed at the same time. So I'm actually hosting one. Um, when this airs, my January one will be over. I host one every month, but the next events will be February 10th, March 3rd, and April 7th. I try to keep those on Thursdays and they're at 7 p.m. Central Time. And all that information can be found on my social media pages and website. Jay, I'm kind of bouncing around here. So I want to go back to cattle, casual cattle conversations. I'm sorry, I keep getting my tongue twisted when I try and pronounce that. So I do apologize there, but I want to talk a little bit more about the episodes that you put out because there is a wide range of subjects that you cover, of course, all pertaining back to cattle and ranching. But what are some of the episodes that you've really put out here recently that people can go and listen to? Yeah, so recently put out quite a few topics. So Coming up in January, we'll do some upcoming episodes first. Um, I've done social media marketing for livestock producers. um, So specifically really talked about, you know, how to effectively market your bulls on social media if you're seed stock. We're going to talk about some strategic planning, regenerative grazing practices and tools to help with that, genetic selection and uh, keeping hired hands. But in the past, and those are just January episodes coming up, but in the past, some of the recent ones we've talked about were advocacy, um, niche marketing. So really direct to consumer beef businesses um, and connecting, you know, not just connecting with the consumer, but connecting with the restaurant as well. We've talked about different ear tag technologies, um, individuals who have worked with youth in the beef industry to empower them. And we do things that are more management style. So backgrounding calves, you know, tips and common mistakes, grazing corn stalks, weaning and backgrounding. I really try to hit a wide range of topics because there's not just one problem a rancher is facing on any given day. And there are a lot of people out there looking for help. 
So Shay, kind of wrapping up our conversation here, you obviously have a ton of stuff going on right now and a couple of things that we can look forward to here in the near future. But if any of our listeners want to get in contact with you about doing a Rancher Mind event, or if they just want to listen to your podcast, where can they find you at online? So starting with the podcast, you can listen to that on any podcast app that you listen to, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, I host off of Podbean, but it's on all other apps as well. If you would like to listen online instead of going to an app, my website is casualcattleconversations.com. And there, any information you'll need is on there as well as contact information for myself. But otherwise, you can, fo- you can follow Cattle Convos. That's my handle, Cattle Convos. You can follow that on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and message me there, get a hold of me there. I'd love to connect. If you want to connect with me um, on my personal accounts on Facebook or LinkedIn, we can do that as well. But that would be, those would be the best ways to connect with me. And um, I have a newsletter that goes out and you can sign up for that on my website. And uh, that makes sure you get everything sent to your inbox every Wednesday with any upcoming events. Awesome. Well, Shay, once again, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me today. I certainly enjoyed it. Thank you, Ashton. It was my pleasure and a pleasure to visit with you. Thanks again to Shay for coming on and chatting about her podcast and what that journey has really been like for her. I know it might seem like a conflict of interest talking to other podcasts out there, Delaney, especially in the ag world, but I really enjoy hearing about why folks get into the world of podcasting. I mean, you obviously have a history in broadcast, so that makes sense, but I'm always interested on hearing about other people's experiences when it comes to the world of podcasting. It certainly is. I 100% agree, Ashton. Certainly fun to chat with folks that podcast as well. And I'm sorry I missed that conversation there with Shay, but sounds like it was a good one nonetheless. But we have all sorts of good conversations coming up on the Ag News Daily Podcast next week. So be sure to hit subscribe if you are not, so you can make sure you get notified when new episodes are posted. Be sure to also follow along with us on social media at Ag News Daily. With that, Ashton, should we let the people go? Let's let him go.